Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, CEO and Mama Bird here. And this year, I went to Chicago for the Insights Association's Corporate Researchers Conference. This year's conference theme was driving growth in turbulent times, and it highlighted Insights' essential role in supporting organizations through turbulence, whether it's economic, geopolitical, environmental, social, etc., And the attempt here is to maintain and ignite growth within our industry. I wanted to give anyone who didn't have a shot at coming a chance to hear from a lot of different voices. So I skipped around the room. And for those of you who know me, I got a new hit. So that's just a euphemism. I skipped in spirit. But I went around and talked to some amazing people in this industry. And here's the show in a nutshell. best place to kick off the Insights Association Corporate Research Conference is with Melanie Courtright, our fearless leader. So tell us a little bit about why we came together under this theme as we're coming through really a very strange couple of years. Uh, But tell us a little bit about the theme and what you were all thinking in leadership. Yeah, so the theme of the Corporate Researchers Conference this year is navigating through turbulent times, navigating to growth, particularly through turbulent times. It's a crazy time in society with um, wars and rumors of wars and with inflation and with rapid change in societal norms and people finding their voices and saying that they want to shape society in a different way. That's creating a lot of change inside companies. It's creating a lot of change inside insights teams. Uh, And as a result, it's putting a lot of stress on insights teams to specifically make sure that they're doing a really good job of representing the voice of the population, representing society in the decision-making rooms, when they're making decisions about products, when they're thinking about advertising. And so they're doing all of that through growth, but it's a very turbulent time to be working in in the space uh, because it's a very turbulent time to be living in the world. So super challenging, but we come together as peers and we start sharing ideas. So tell us about the importance of coming together, being face-to-face, and what it means for everybody. Yeah, I am so excited about the community that people are building here. That really is the purpose of Corporate Researchers Conference, allowing corporate researchers to find their tribe, their community of people, so that when they're faced with something they've never been faced with, which we're all facing right these days, when they're faced with that sort of environment, they can call out to a friend. They, you know, phone a friend, like on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? (laughs) All these companies want to be millionaires, and our insights people's need to be able to phone a friend. Um, But that doesn't just apply to the corporate researchers who are attending. It also applies to the agency sponsors sitting in the exhibit hall. They're finding their tribe. Um, To the project managers who are here, there are project manager opportunities. Everybody's finding their community and finding their tribe and using those connections to help them navigate this turbulent world. I went to Christopher Frank's session. His book, Decisions Over Decimals, was, again, a way to uh, to navigate turbulent times. Like, when you don't know what to do, how do you really make sound decisions? But he gave us this one question at the end, and I'll pose it to you. What surprised you? And so I'm going to ask people who attended today, just to get a little bit of a feel of, we do love coming together. We love the Insights Association's events, and so we know what to expect sometimes. Um, we know we're going to get great uh, insight about what kind why we feel the way we feel, why it feels so hard, and then uh, some practical advice about uh, what we can do and also help in how we bring our teams together. But was there something this year that surprised you by any chance? 
the one thing that surprised me in a good way was how hungry at this moment in time the corporate researchers are for their community. There, I had several people come to me and say, man, I really needed to meet five or six people that are going through what I'm going through and that I can sympathize and empathize together with them about the, the struggles that it is to be in insights right now in this moment in time. So um, I was happy that we were able to provide that for them because yes, this is about education. Yes, it's about learning. Yes, it's about improving our craft. But we're, this is also about helping humans navigate in their own personal roles and professional roles and making friends and colleagues that'll last a lifetime. And how hungry they are for it was a, was a good surprise to me. I love that. And there are so many things that the Insights Association does for us. So I'll provide all the different links to many different services and you can find a way to get involved. Thank you, Melanie. Oh, it's my good friend Andrew Cannon with A Year of Joy. So if you have not heard about what they are doing, you really need to go visit this website. We'll put a link in the show notes. But Andrew, real quick, before I you know grill you with my really hard-pressing question about this uh, conference, tell us a little bit about A Year of Joy. Thanks, Priscilla. Lovely to see you again. The Year of Joy is really about helping people build more joy in their lives. Very simple, it seems. But many people struggle to do that today. So our mission is to really provide them with the tools that they need to build more joy in their lives, whether that's improving their sense of belonging, their own well-being, the positive impact they're having on others, or even just having some fun. And we're bringing them together in this free community where over a year they can learn different ways that they can really find more joy in their lives, not only for their benefit, but for the benefit of everybody they love. Well, when we do take care of ourselves, everybody else benefits, right? Um, But this theme this year was uh, navigating through turbulent times. And I think the, the, the benefit of having someone here from a year of joy is that one of the ways that we navigate really tough things is that we tap into uh, something that is far beyond happiness and it really is deep in our well-being. So I love that. But I'm going to ask you this hard question about the conference because you and I travel the world. We're these road warriors and I see you all the time all over. Um, and so not much surprises us when we head to these conferences. But was there anything this year that surprised you? I think, to be honest with you, the number of new faces this year. You know, as you said, we've been to so many conferences, and I was really happy to meet so many new people, not just my old friends who are very dear to me, but actually meet new people. And I was surprised actually how much interest there is in what we're doing to actually help people build joy. So I was actually surprised, even amongst this hard-nosed business Ah. audience, how much... Um, interest there is actually in the softer things. Right, right. Well, it has to be surprising, I think, for some people to come up to your booth and realize, oh, this isn't someone trying to sell me something. (laughs) Surprise! I'm trying to bring you joy. So make sure that you check out these links and see what they're all about. As as he mentioned, it's a free, um, there's a lot of free ways to join, and there's just a lot of great ways to start better conversations. I'm here with Andrew Seinfeld from uh, Pinio and I'm just telling you, we did have a good time the other night. It was very cool. Conifer Research and Multilingual came together and collaborated on an industry dinner. And um, I'm just curious, you know, how did you enjoy that and what surprised you? Well, coming from the CRC conference where everyone's wearing name tags and it's about business and how you can leverage your existing business into new business, going to a networking event like that where you don't, where I didn't know anybody besides you, Priscilla, which thank you for the invite. Um, 
we were able to seamlessly have conversations with like-minded individuals who are just interested in learning how to improve their current position, network to actually make friends in the industry, and see how they can improve themselves while like just in creating an organization through friendship and networking versus like just business-oriented objectives. And it was just really nice to have that after a event like CRC where it is so business-oriented. And even though it is about learnings, once you remove the name tags and that branding aspect and then you just get down to that people level, you realize we all have the same objectives and just trying to do it better. And it was just a really nice way to do that without any pressure. Plus the fact that you made us get up, move seats, and introduce ourselves to a whole new group of people at dessert time just really added a nice little level to it. So it's like I'm looking forward to networking with you in the similar events in the future. I love it. This environment and these people are really so easily swayed into a beautiful conversation, right? But um, but tell us a little bit about the business side of it. What is Apinio and, and, and what are you doing next? Uh, Apinio is a full market research firm that offers a DIY platform in which allows every single research organization, whether they be an agency, whether it be a client side, to actually have the vendor experience that they want. Ultimately, we are not going to be pigeonholing our clients into doing one type of research a certain way, making you have licenses so that your team could then do one specific kind of research. We fill the gaps of every single team just so that they're optimizing at a level that they want to be at. So whether that's from quantitative um, brand tracking to innovative methodologies to just understanding your consumer better with a better quality panel. Um, like for us, we have our own tech stack from panel operations to deliverables in which we know our consumers are responding exactly how they are over you know, six months to two years of answering questions. And so they can't change who they are, opt into different surveys like in general online panels where people just want to answer surveys for money, where ours is a gamified networking approach so people are actually pulling their peers for fun. So amongst that organic activity, we interject consumer surveys, and they're actually able to get real-time responses of high-quality data versus what's kind of out there in the market besides us. So we really differentiate ourselves in that way, but also on the brand side, we provide that solution for every single company because not every team's perfect. You know, you lose people, you lose tech. We just fill the gaps at all times, so we just really make everyone more flexible and more agile. Well, we need that right now because there have been a lot of upsets in the last couple of turbulent years, and uh, some teams are shrinking, and people are looking for outsource options that they can trust, that they know they have a great lockdown with security and really have an attention to detail. So I think going forward, this idea of being an extension of someone's team, whether it's an in-client or another agency, there's a lot of legs to that. And so I'm really excited to see where you all take it. I appreciate it. And um, I mean, coming to events like CRC just really shows like the advantages that we have in the market. And it's exciting. Every conversation I have is like you're making a new friend, you're making a new like networking partner for future business, but at the same time, really elevating our business in the U.S. market where we've only been for two years. I love that. And I will plug Sarah Kappa from Fieldwork. She likes to um, reiterate something I like to say, which is that you don't sell to your network, you sell through it. And so we just keep making genuine connections and that's what it's about. I mean, I'm actually just taking after you. Like you're an inspiration <laughs> for me because I thought I'm pretty good at this. My company calls me the golden retriever, but really I'm just, I'm, I'm penance to what you do out here and how you bring everyone together. It's really impressive. Great. That means I'll have you on the podcast again. Uh, you're very complimentary. Absolutely. I'm anytime. <laughs> 
here with Carlos Avia with Multilingual Connections, and this is really interesting to me to look around the room and see how many market research firms there are, and then walking around, there's all kinds of corporate researchers, and here is Multilingual Connections, the only translation provider here um, at the conference. So tell me a little bit, Carlos, about what that is like. Yeah, so um, first of all, it, thanks for, for that introduction because that's exactly what it feels like. You're, we're, we're kind of like an insider and an outsider at the same time. So, uh, yes, we're the only uh, translation company here at the at the event this week, and um, that in and of itself is kind of like what uh, what our part of our value proposition is that we are a language service company. We're we're not inside this industry, but we serve this industry uh, in a very specific way. We tailor the way language services are done specifically to the industry. And so um, uh, that makes us very different on the one hand. On the other hand, like I said before, we're not really in the in the industry on the day-to-day. We don't, we don't we don't design research, and we don't. Um, we, we we just support the execution of research, um, and so it, it gives us a, a unique perspective. We get to watch you people from the outside, kind of thing, and um, and that's uh, interesting uh, in and of itself. The other day, I was talking with Jill, the owner of Multilingual Connections, and she mentioned you all work in seventy-five different languages. That is crazy to me. Um, so I, you know, uh, I know you speak another language. I speak another language, but seventy-five is a little crazy. And so I know you manage an amazing team around the world, but there are companies who are working globally. And so you are very important to them, but also you're important to people working in the U.S. market, wanting to translate surveys even here to different populations. So tell me a little bit about how you work in this country and globally. Right. So for sure. In fact, I would say that I don't know the exact number. Uh, I'd have to really pull our clients a little bit deeper, which we, we don't necessarily do, to know like how much is internet, purely international and how much is purely North America. But I, I'm willing to bet it's close to 50-50. I mean, there's um, just Spanish alone. Just Spanish alone in, in North America has gotten to the point now where, where it's it's almost a, a no-brainer. It's it's an indispensable. Um, so uh, so that that drives a lot of uh, the way we we approach the work. You know, we, we always ask that question. You know, is this Spanish for U.S. audiences? Is this Spanish for Mexican audiences? Is this Spanish for European audiences? And and, and obviously that's a very important question to even start to start with, whether it's Spanish uh, or even if it's not, maybe it could be uh, Hindi or. Um, uh, Mandarin for U.S. audiences. There's not a separate um, uh, linguist that would do that, but there is a separate approach for that sort of thing. I love that. So you're really honing in on that localization of it. And I got to tell you, just here, side note, but we'll put it public. I have talked with several of these companies who, for panels, are struggling to recruit people. We talk about the limited pool of people who want to get involved in market research. And so there's also a lot of translation work that can be done to effectively create strong marketing messages for people in different languages to participate in research. So it's not just about translating the survey, but coming alongside another company and really being a partner and understanding all the ways they need to actually, you know, touch their audience and prospective panel members. For for sure. In fact, that's a a whole other sort of um, segment of our business is is marketing translation, right? And so, uh, or what we refer to oftentimes as transcreation. So this is about, about recreation creating messaging so that it so that it fits culturally not just linguistically into um, 
into into your audience, into your target audience. And so the same principles apply for, for a survey, for example, as they do for, um, um, and a, heck, sometimes you're doing, actually the survey is about branding, it is about messaging. And so how can you possibly do the survey if you haven't recreated the messaging itself, right? And and, and so, but we do that separately, not just for, for research, we also do it for marketing, right? For, for, market, um, for marketing content um, is, is that recreation of the message. That's super hard and you and I can have a whole podcast about it. Wait a minute, we did. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> but I love that conversation about localization and transcreation because we don't always say what we mean. We say something interesting that elicits a response that we want. And so it's not about going to Google Translate and getting an exact translation of what's going on. Right. So in fact, I was just having a conversation uh, yesterday with someone here at the show and they said, oh, so, so but what do we do with images? And I said, you, you bring those to us as well. So like even an image may or may not be the right image to use in another culture. And so when you when 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 we do transcreation of marketing or or market research, um, that includes things like images. That includes things like having our, our our experts look at we chose these images to represent these things. Do those translate into these other cultures? And we say, yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, not that one. That one you're going to want to change for this type of an image. And we'll give them three choices, and, and, and they'll say, okay, I like, I like that one. Right? So, so think about that. That's not words. That is, again, we're back to concepts and, and messaging and what, and what sometimes emotions need to be elicited uh, in, order to, in order to, whether it's marketing or market research, in order to get the, the desired effect. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a whole different thing than than running some words through a through a through some machine somewhere. Yes, that'll work for you if you want to order a beer in Paris and you don't know French. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's about it. So it is translating meaning and conveying meaning and not translating words. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, that's what that's what culture is. Angela is the president over at Illuminos, and um, the booth has been kind of booming over here. Every time I've tried to come by to uh, ask you a question, it's been crazy busy, so I got you the last second I possibly can. Um, so it's obviously been a good show for you. So tell us a little bit about what Illuminos does and um, why you chose to come to CRC. Sure. Well, one of the main reasons is because this is where the corporate researchers are, and those are the people that we love and that we serve. So we're excited to be be here to meet them and like you said we have had a lot of success at our booth um, we are full service we are focused on specific industries so we believe in industry expertise it's one of the best ways that you can serve your clients well and we offer the full spread of services from quant call uh, we really hone in on advanced analytics a lot of people come to us for studies and for things that are hard and that they can't do themselves. And so we really like to dig in with our clients. We like to solve big, juicy, difficult questions with them and take on some of that work that can be more challenging and really dig in, solve with them. Well, you talk about that industry expertise, and um, in the past, you guys have been very known for expert in the tech sector. And then you had some really interesting news this year. So tell us about it, what you did with a really cool acquisition and how diversified your team is now. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, we've had that tech expertise for 25 years. It's been great. We decided that it was time for us to look for a 
another agency that was like ours that could really fit in with us, and we found that in Rockbridge Associates because they operate very similarly to us, and they also have expertise in some really specific industries in financial services and travel and hospitality, as well as some things like retail, and they also have a really good tech connection as well. So that all made sense, and we're two months in. It's going great, and we're very excited about it. We've talked about this a little bit at other uh, industry events where we laugh about how we're all in the tech industry now. Like, if you're in education, surprise, you're in the tech industry. So it is cool to see that there there is expertise to be had, but also there's just partnering yourself with people who have a real love of the rigor of research. Absolutely. And... We have clients that, you know, have that as well. And that's what's great about being here because you're with a lot of people that they love research, they love the rigor, you know, because we don't just work with researchers. We work with a lot of marketers, people strategy and brand, and that's great and we love that. But this is great being here with our people because those those titles, they're not as interested in the rigor. They're just interested in the end result mm-hmm. and not in the sausage making. <laughs> so it is, these are our people, right? These are the people that really want to, you know, do the interesting work, that want to innovate, that want to push, that want us to create new methodologies for them. And so so that's what's been really special about being here this week. Great. So it's kind of a homecoming. But let me ask you one last question about some of the sessions and what you've heard here. So has there been anything that has surprised you about the content? Yeah. You know, coming to researchers' conferences... Oftentimes, they're very researchy, and you see people throwing up lots of slides with data. I was really surprised pleasantly that almost every session that I went to, I didn't see a lot of data. I didn't see a lot of numbers. I saw a lot of storytelling, and that's something that we talk about a lot, but we're not necessarily always the best at executing it as an industry. And so I think it's something that's really coming to be more of the norm. I think it's fantastic because it gives us so much more credibility as an industry when we are not just putting numbers in front of people, but we're putting insights that have been thought about and interpreted. And really then even beyond that, taking it to the next level of really creating stories that are meaningful, impactful, and that are really going to move organizations forward. I love that. And that's really about, well, what should I do with these findings? (laughs) What might I do? And you mentioned that you oftentimes have stakeholders that are not researchers. They are people, though, who are charged with moving brands forward. And they typically have some pretty big remits, but they don't know research. And so they want research, but don't know it. And so you probably juggle a lot of, you wear a lot of hats probably at Illuminas. Yeah, absolutely. And, And you really hit the nail on the head there because we have to be flexible and versatile. And that's one of the things that we really try to teach our employees, you know, when they're coming up through the organization is you have to know your client because all of our clients are so different and you really can only serve them in the best way when you understand what is important to them, you know, what they are really looking for from us. And so we really try to just permeate that, call it the Illuminous Way, you know, putting the client first and treating them like the individuals and unique people that they are and, and serving them based on what their specific needs and their specific role and, uh, and job are. And that's very uh, illuminating. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Thanks so much, Carrie.
I'm here with Danny Farkas and he is with Virtual Incentives. So tell us a little bit about a session yesterday that meant something to you or was interesting to you, surprised you maybe even a little bit. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Um, yeah, so I think the, uh, the Global Data Quality Initiative uh, that's going on, uh, the session around that and you know, all the organizations coming together is, you know, it, it, everything they're talking about really touches everybody in this room. Um, you know, us from Virtual Incentives, we're uh, a friend and supporter and partner of the industry, and um, and everything they were talking about really touches how we support our clients. And as we think about our own innovation agenda and, and meeting the needs of the industry and our clients, um, you know, we want to be in lockstep with everything that they were that they were covering off from how to combat fraud or how to actually talk about things like. What's, is this fraud or is this something else that's going on? And we should all be aligned in how we're talking about it, how we're going about it. And the more that we're aligned with, you know, with combating some of the issues around data quality, it's going to really be a win-win for everybody. Right. So we don't want to be paying people for junk data. And uh, you guys get to be the good uh, guys. <laughs> you get to pay everybody and reward everybody for participating in research. And so what's your perspective on that? Because it is a different side of things. You get to be that last stop and you really do have an impact on that customer experience. And I do think about our participants for research as being a non-renewable resource. So how they are treated is super important. How do you all frame that at Virtual Incentives? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think our goals are are aligned in the sense that we want to create an engaging experience. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is, well, first by giving great payment options. So when somebody in uh, any part of the world gets something that resonates with them as a reward or an incentive, um, that adds to the positive experience. Um, Having a frictionless experience, so... Making it easy and uh, making them want to come back into the process, um, you know, there's a part of that there. But you know, there's a undeniable part of this that you know the, that money attracts fraud. You know, so I think as as we think about um, how everybody, if, if we're all aligned with how everybody else is going about tackling the problem, um, and we can give our two cents, but really we can also listen to everybody else and how we can help. Um, I think that that's what forms a, a really great partnership. I'm here with Jim Kershaw with Burke, and as you all know, the consulting um, amazing powerhouse that they are in our industry. I love that consultative approach. It is that, um, what I learned yesterday, that ability very quickly to sit back and frame the problem and not rush to solve it. So I love that. Jim, you're here at the CRC event. So tell me what surprised you yesterday in any of the sessions that you went to. Yeah, one thing that surprised me in a number of sessions is just how forthcoming the researchers have been um, in really going a step further into some of the challenges um, that that they that they've encountered and and how they overcame them. I think one in particular was a presentation by TD Bank um, focused on the inclusiveness of their communications and how they had a very robust process for. Uh, testing those communications and really taking a frank look at um, what some of the concerns that were raised and I think they expressed how eye-opening some of the concerns that they had not anticipated um, uh, how they how they addressed those so I think I just thought it was a very 
very forthcoming, very honest um, presentation that uh, that I think would apply to a lot of organizations and a lot of brands. In the end, researchers really should be curious and they should be surprised. (laughs) You know, right? Right, but sometimes (laughs) it doesn't feel like that. So that's a very nice compliment, I think, to you know, kind of talking about the openness of this environment and how people can be transparent about what they were struggling with and how they overcame it. John Sadler here. So tell us a little bit about the company that you're with, and then I'm going to grill you. I'm with Rewe Corporation. And what was surprising to you yesterday, or was there something in one of the sessions that just stood out to you, or kind of made you think a little bit harder, uh, you know, got, got some of your curiosity going, or something you really enjoyed? I really enjoyed listening to the different stories, the personal stories of how people got into research, their their journeys, um, their successes, their failures, and ways to learn. I think everybody can learn from people's successes and their failures and really grow, grow as people. That, that's what I found to be most exciting. That, that is surprising because we come together thinking we're doing work, we're doing work, but yet this is a very strong community, uh, full of very intelligent and yet incredibly empathetic um, people. And so it's pretty easy to have a conversation. Did you end up in a conversation that like really uh, meeting a couple of new people or how was that for you? Here at the conference, I've met a lot of new people and ran into a lot of old friends and colleagues. And uh, again, every everybody's personal journey is different. And uh, I enjoyed listening to their to their stories, where they where they were, where they are, and you know, interweaving the different technologies that are out there now these days. We talk a lot about uh, AI and ChatGPT and how does it integrate with research, whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, um, and I find it found it all very very interesting and how. It also relates to how Rewe can benefit from that. You know, we are a full-service market research firm. We are able to create surveys for clients. We're able to consult on them. We can program surveys, provide deliverables and analytics, and we have a patented technology to reach people all over the world. Uh, that is free of bots and fraudulent activity and uh, I'm here to kind of spread the good word. It's a different way of sampling and uh, people have been very receptive. Love it. Julia Eisenberg, full disclosure, we're great friends, so good to see you again. And uh, for those of you who are listening in and are not getting the visual I'm getting right now, Julia is very on brand with a sweater, very Sago branded. Um, It even has buttons with S's all over it. And I feel, you know, as a marketer, I just want to give you the big shout out on that. Thank you. I owned this sweater before we were Sago, but it's perfect. I'm going to have to wear it to every event now. (laughs) Well, speaking of Sago, um, you are now Sago, but you 
have been through an interesting journey. You were at uh, 2020 Research, which then became Aspen Finn, then was bought out by Schlesinger Group, which then rebranded as Sago. So, boop -a -boop -a -boop -a -boop. like this is what is a little bit of a, a vignette into some things that are happening in this market. There are, is a lot of consolidation, and so things are changing for a lot of brands. But tell me what you're seeing in terms of what's changing on the other side, the clients that you're serving. Yeah, it's a great question, and yes, we have experienced consolidation, and the question is kind of, and how do we keep our voice? How do we, you know, maintain our relationships and be part of this big mothership and still, you know, add value and contribute? With our clients, we're seeing a lot of interest in AI, of course, and our big question for ourselves and for our clients has been, how do we take all of the tools that we've rolled up into this, you know, big thing that is now Sago, and how do we optimize, how do we leverage generative AI, how do we make our tools work harder for our clients and for ourselves, and that's a question that I know we're all asking in the industry, but it's allowing us to have a lot more foundational conversations with clients about where are your pain points, what's driving you crazy, what's taking up time that it shouldn't take up, and how can we make that easier, faster, more efficient? So a lot of those optimization conversations have been really productive, and we're looking forward to seeing how that turns into you know, a lot of recovery, hopefully a lot more growth, and a lot more collaboration because people are and clients are starting to think about their work in new ways. So we're happy to be able to help them. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of collaboration, but um, let's just say this. We mentioned that you all had a lot of consolidation and changes, but your clients have had a lot of consolidation and changes. And people, it was like musical chairs out there. Um, there were a lot of layoffs, even in corporate research, you know, teams. And some of those teams now are missing people. You know, they don't have the skills maybe on the team that they used to have. Um, it is hard to balance teams now because you do have to be so tech savvy. I mean, the digital transformation of the uh, corporate researcher has been a massive, you know, uh, uh, requirement um, in the last couple of years. So how is your company then able to come in and kind of fill those gaps and really be an extension of those teams? It's a great question and one that has come up so much this year. Although we love to be technology forward, we love to talk about our technology, the professional services has really become something that's so valuable to a lot of our clients because they have restructured, uh, reconfigured teams, have holes, and so we've have found ourselves lending out a lot of talent um, for a short time, for a long time, and sometimes it's really just uh, offering that thought leadership and that support in a more consistent manner. Um, it, it's kind of an interesting game of you know Jenga inside of our organization from a resource perspective, but it has um, opened up and deepened a lot of relationships where we're able to, yes, talk about our technology and how wonderful we think it is, but also offer these professional services that can make a team coalesce and that can make a team feel whole again. Um, that's been a really sort of new experience and new conversation this year and I, I know it will continue into 2024. Well, I do think Sago has the uh, competitive advantage of great leadership and so I am interested to see where you all take I because you also... Um, are really front row with popcorn to so many great brands and so you're getting the direct feedback. So I think, you know, being able to come up with new applications and more rapid responses to some of these pressing needs for businesses is going to be super interesting and I'm, I'm watching and I hope that's not creepy, Julia. 
Never. You're never creepy. I always, I always want you watching. I always want to be in the room where you are. I'm here with Karen Kirchfield, and originally she was with Hulu. Right now she's a free agent. Just, you know, I'm dropping the mic right there. So if you want to just run over to your LinkedIn real quick and grab her up, that would be great. But it was great to see you here at CRC. So what was the session that you really enjoyed? There have actually been several. Um, I haven't been to CRC before, and I think some of the ones I've enjoyed the most are just things that I can apply to life in general. Um, I enjoyed one of the keynotes, um, the editor from Entrepreneur Magazine, who talked about you know your identity and what you're looking for, which obviously resonates with me, being a job seeker. And I've experienced the thought of like, oh, if I'm not doing this job, what who am I um, before, so that really resonated. Um, and also just thinking about what I want to have in my next role, like what I like to do, what I get out of it most, and I realized like, I really like to seek those insights that help people's lives get, be better or easier, because um, life is hard, so what, what makes it better? So that's why I enjoy working in entertainment, because that makes people's lives better, um, but also making technology easier, things like that. But I think just also a lot of the honesty and transparency. Some of these um, brands have come here to share the, like, their learnings from when things that didn't go so well. And I think that's just refreshing to hear so that we can all learn and, and do our craft better. Kelly Hammock with l &E Research. So you guys have been sponsors of CRC for quite a bit. You're a long, long-termer. You're actually even a lifer in this industry. I am, yes. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about what surprised you about this year's CRC. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed the experience this year. I have met a lot of really good people. I've learned a lot about the technologies I wasn't aware of. I've learned that data fraud is such a huge issue and we're all trying to fix that. But finding solutions has been really difficult and I think everybody's struggling with that and it's coming at us from multiple directions so I'm really glad to see a lot of collaboration in the industry and I'm glad to see that the awareness of that has been really heightened and it's really exciting to come up with solutions and try to find ways to resolve it. So tell me a little bit about your tactic. You bring different people from the L&E team here uh, each year. So tell me about that strategy, how you're getting different people in front of uh, the clients. So generally at conferences, you see a bunch of salespeople. And salespeople have their talents, and they're really good at meeting new people and bridging connections, but the benefit of bringing other people, I like to bring people from operations. I like to bring people from our facilities because the we get a better depth of engagement. So for example, our project managers can go to the sessions and learn a new tip. They take it back to their teams. They distribute that knowledge and it's a little more widespread. The perspective of a session from a project manager versus someone in sales, they're going to have a completely different takeaway from that. So I find that having a broad variety of titles is a really good strategy for us because it increases awareness across multiple roles within our organization. And from an HR morale perspective, everybody wants to go travel. Everybody wants to take a trip up to Chicago or New York. So 
I think it actually is really helpful for an internal purpose that you can share this experience because when we all get together, we love each other, we have a lot of fun, and we, we feel like family. I love that, and that's very in alignment with the Insights Association organization itself, really bringing people together and not being a respecter of persons in that way. It's not a hierarchy, but it really is, uh, like you mentioned the word collaboration, which you know I love, um, but it really does give people an opportunity to have some more diversity of thought in the room. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you, Priscilla. It's always good to see you and talk to you. Mark Resnick with Zappy. So here at CRC, we see you guys all the time because obviously you're really at the cutting edge of what's going on in this industry. And I love your leadership for as collaborative as they are and how they're so good at building community and really coming to the table, in my personal opinion, without ego and saying, hey, we don't know everything, but how can we solve things? But I'm curious in this show today, um, was there something that uh, struck you as different or um, curious or anything that surprised you. Yeah, I mean, I would say that this was really focused on the, the, the researchers. And it was, it, was a, it was a different type of conference where it was how can we all come together. I, I think all too often these conferences you come to, you're here as a, a vendor, you're really just trying to sell your product, sell your product. This one was a little bit different. This one was, hey, the community comes together and we learn about what are the actual researchers going through every single day? How can we improve this, this, this industry? And uh, even things like the, the networking, all the launches. I've never been to a conference where let's kick off with a big launch Everybody comes together. We just break bread and we have a, a little bit of fun together. We go into the sessions itself, and uh, this this one came together as a as an insights community. It was just a fantastic experience overall. I love that. So let's kind of break that down then. Take your sales hat off, which you I don't think you've had on all no, this no, whole conference. This one, yeah. <laughs> so personally for you, as you you know come to Zappy day in and day out, and you're trying to drive value for your clients, what are you thinking? And what are you thinking going into 2024? I'm thinking about what what is the day of the life of the actual people that we're trying to help, right? How can we make sure that they're able to deliver for their stakeholders, right? And whether it's technology, whether it's a type of methodology, whether it's just giving them a different perspective of what I've heard from a different client, could that help them? I mean, I think 24 is going to have um, quite a bit of uh, still a bumpy road ahead of it as the, the marketplace figures out where are we going to be most impactful. Budgets, I still are thinking going to be really tight, but I, I think there's enough people in a room that can help solve these problems. But again, it's making sure that they're not being inundated with sales pitch after sales pitch after sale, right? They, everybody still has a job to do. So, um, you know, I, I think 24 is going to be uh, really focusing on can we actually solve some of these big problems that we have ahead of us with, uh, you know, consumers that are getting, you know, more demanding every single day and, you know, more demanding on a, a, a tighter wallet every single day as well. Yeah, you guys work so so focused in advertising and making advertising better. So you talk a lot about this empathy you have for the person you serve. You think about, they walk into their office. What are they thinking? How are they in pain? So what are the kinds of things you're hearing from your clients? What kinds of problems are you trying to solve right now? Oh, not only the, the cheaper, faster, better that you always think. Uh, where is AI playing it, which we've heard probably 5,000 other times. Um, but it's also that where's the consumer going, right? Well, I hear a lot more digital and social media. Um, what is the future of, of you know, TV testing? Um, and making sure that also 
the results that we're getting are actually representative of today's culture. I think that's one of the hardest things. How can we make sure that when we're doing our ad TV testing or our digital testing, is it the people that are actually buying our products, right? So not only do we have to now make sure that it's not, it's not bots that are taking these surveys, but we also have to make sure that this consumer, which is changing every single day, is representative of the people that are actually, you know, watching our commercial in the first place. Okay, total side note, and since we're taking all of our hats off and just being people, also, I'll tell you a funny thing about advertising and streaming is that somehow in my house, the Freebie channel thinks that we're a Spanish-speaking household, and so now all of the ads that are being delivered to us are in Spanish. Now, I happen to speak Spanish, but nobody else in my house does. So, very funny kind of a situation, just adjacent, to, you know, yeah. to, well, to the industry. I can relate because I live with my, my wife and her parents right now and they're all from Mexico and they only speak Spanish in the household except for me. So all of my commercials are also in Spanish and you know I kind of look around the room and see if the commercial made sense or not. But it is amazing actually watching, this is the most nerdiest part of it now, watching them react to a commercial totally in Spanish where I don't know what they're saying, but I'll watch their like interactions or see if they have like a little small side chat conversation about it. I'll see it's for, you know, McDonald's or Pepsi or everything. And then they'll kind of like look at each other, agree if they like the commercial or disagree, but I have no idea what the actual call to action or anything is in the commercial. That's actually a really good test environment you've got going on there, Mark. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) Again, I don't know what they're saying though. So maybe they love it, maybe they hate it, so. I'm here with uh, Pearson Wolford and with Daniel Wilbershide, and they are with Smith Hanley. And I have to say, I just had a really good time. I'm a little out of breath because I had a good time actually trying to get the baskets in order to win the golf money. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a basketball star. But Pearson, tell us a little bit about why you all decided to come to this conference. Absolutely. Um, Smith Hanley Associates, we are executive recruiters specifically for market research and consumer insights. Our business is on both sides here. We are obviously looking for new clients on the cl- on the corporate side to reach out to and share our services with, but a lot of these vendors, a lot of people you see exhibiting on the floor, we also work with in a really good space for us to network, get our name out there, just spread the word about Smith Hanley. I love it. I went to a speaker yesterday and one of the questions he gave us to get a little bit of better conversation is what surprised you? So I'm gonna ask you that about this conference. I think what surprised us the most about this is the interaction from some of the corporate client-side researchers. I mean, you know, this is something that I felt as if a little bit more nervous. I thought that, you know, they would be a little bit more primed and pulled back, but they've been really respective. They've been really responsive. They, we know that they're kind of set to a side, but they're still giving us our time and, you know, coming to see all of us. And I think that that's the best part about it, how, how open this conference has been for all of us. Sasha McCune, you just got a new role over at Chadwick Martin Bailey. So joining the CMB crew, what are you thinking? What are you looking forward to this next year? Yeah, I know it's a really exciting time. After 14 years in one role, I made the jump to a larger company where a lot of doors are going to open in terms of the resources and capabilities. CMB is just an amazing world-class team. 
um, so much advanced analytics powerhouse and we've been building the qualitative work that CMB has been doing. Me and Casey Mohan will be continuing to do that. Um, in my new capacity, I will be starting a new practice dedicated to the intersection of media, entertainment, culture, and lifestyle. So I'll get to dabble in all things pop culture, television, streaming, and uh, also all things lifestyle, culture, behavior, and organizational change. One of the things I've really liked about your practice in the past is this idea of looking at things from a deprivation standpoint. Oh, so when yes. we think about entertainment and pop culture and things, I imagine that even in your new role, you're going to reach into the, that bag of tricks and, and use that to get even more and more curious about what's going on. I am so excited for the advanced analytics that is going to be backing me now at CMB. Uh, from a deprivation perspective, a lot of that work was very creative and qualitative, and I'm going to be working with our team here to develop quantitative measures to go behind some of that work so that we can have the power of those two things coming together to look at the world and behavior in different ways. I'm also starting to think about how I can bring a squad together at CMB to measure culture in different ways, both internally and externally within organizations and out in the world, uh, because we have all of that curiosity, the modeling capability, the custom ways of measuring and looking at things. Um, so I'm really excited to bring that to life with all the new folks at CMB. We're excited to see what you do. Thank you. Scott Johnson here with LE Research, and we talked yesterday a little bit about something that surprised you at this conference and kind of the, the subject matter. So, enlighten my audience about what, what you were, what the conversation we were having. Yeah, so I think it's interesting to see how um, a lot of corporate clients are really honing in on like IC security protocols and things like that. It's always been for a long time, it's been a consideration and a concern, um, but it's popping up more and more vendors that we've worked with or clients that we've worked with for years that are now looping back and going, hey, in order to continue being a vendor with us, you've got to meet certain IT security protocols, making sure that you're handling PII properly, making sure you're vetting, vetting people properly and handling a our information properly. Um, and so we're seeing more and more of that. And so one of the things that interests me about the conference specifically is I'm curious to see kind of how things continue to roll down that road now that we're dealing in a predominantly or moving toward a predominantly AI, you know, challenging world when it comes to legal departments and securities and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that trend continues, but definitely seeing a lot of our current clients, um, again, just having a higher level of consideration and dealing with a lot of their legal departments in terms of what vendors they're allowed to work with because of those IT security protocols and stuff. Yeah, and you and I talked a little bit more deeply about it in terms of uh, the tolerance that companies should have for vendors who don't disclose either their nearshore or or offshore, um, you know, ways of getting things done. And so these things need to be more transparent so that we can understand where might we have some security breaches and how can we mitigate them the, the best we can. 
I will put in the show notes links the things that the Insights Association is doing for that, but I wanted to kind of use that to transfer over to the fact that you are in leadership at one of the Insights Association chapters. So tell us about that and what you hope to happen and what what, what you want to stir up right now <laughs> on my podcast about that. Yeah, so Andrea uh, over at uh, um, MindQuest is, uh, is the chapter leader officially, but um, her and I were talking at one of our recent events just about how to engage more of the um, research-oriented um, people uh, whether it be supplier or client side, brand side, um, in terms of just being able to support a little bit more locally, um, getting together, connecting, learning a little bit more about what's going on in the industry. Because as you know, um, one of the biggest things that we sometimes are challenged with is being siloed in our own worlds, right? And so the more collaboration that we can have at the events like that, specifically in St. Louis, uh, I think the more conversation comes up around different trends that are emerging, different challenges that people are facing, and how do we collectively as a uh, organization and as a uh, industry address those things together, right? Um, not to you know be too uh, too punny or anything, but collaboration is the new competition, right? Like literally, um, we're we're not competing against one another as much as we are competing against the external forces that are trying to impose their uh, you know new trends or new ways on the industry. Um, whether it be bad actors on the supplier side or whether it be new technologies and things like that, like AI that can be disruptors in the industry. So uh, I think collaboration really is a key. And I think the more that we can uh, localize that to areas, uh, whether it be Chicago, whether it be you know Tampa, whether it be Raleigh, whether it be uh, St. Louis, I think it's just going to benefit everybody to open those conversations and build those relationships. So um, Andrew and I, were, we're committed to try to do something specifically in the St. Louis area to really try to create an environment for people to be able to come out connect with one or another and have those discussions in a very informal uh, manner. So, And I love that because it's really in alignment with the mission of Insights Association. And I've spoken for many years with Melanie Courtright. Her leadership is really spot on with this collaboration idea. Yeah. And I love that she points out, look, we're asking people to collaborate. We're not giving away trade secrets. Correct. We're coming yeah. together in a way that it, it makes each other better. And I really love that about the chapter. So if you're listening to this, we're calling all people. <laughs> in and around the St. Louis area. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get suckered into a leadership position forever and have to do all kinds of things. But we do need people to show up and, you know, really contribute something. It's about adding to our industry. And you may be that one voice that we need that sparks a new idea and really helps us overcome a pretty difficult challenge. And as Melanie says, helps us navigate through turbulent times. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's important too. I mean, sometimes it is a demand for your time, right? Like whether you're coming from, uh, you know, from an hour away, whether you're right there in the city, um, it is a little bit of a disruptor sometimes from our personal, you know, lives, but um, we're hoping to be able to create an environment that's really comfortable and that provides that benefit where you go, hey, instead of me having to go out of town for a whole conference and pay a whole bunch of money, I can, you know, go and share ideas with people locally and get some of that value as well for a very short period of time. Um, So we appreciate anybody coming out and being a part of those events as they come up. Um, We're hoping to do a few a year, so it's not going to be a whole lot, but um, just connect with other people locally. Um, And if you know somebody who's not currently connected, um, definitely let them know that there's some things happening and we're going to be able to be starting to reach out um, and really network together to be able to create an opportunity to connect uh, in that way. I hope you enjoyed this episode recapping the Insights Association CRC from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing. Have a great day and happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.